0: My name is Annie Lobert, and I'm a champion survivor of trafficking to tell you that God can heal you from any hurt that's ever happened to you. If He can do it for me, He can do it for you, too. Hi, friends, and welcome to Annie's Pink Chair, where we invite presence, inspire purpose, and ignite passion in the hearts of people to bring God's love to them throughout the world. Well, I am so inspired and fired up and excited. And I want to do jumping jacks right now because I have a special guest that you are just going to be blown away by. Now, listen, my friends, you know, the normal people I bring on, and I don't want to really say normal because they're not normal. This guy, let me tell you how looks are deceiving. This looks like this very, very eloquent businessman and like he looks super successful, but you know what? God is using him in ways that you would not imagine. I want to tell you about my friend. Jeff Reeder is an author and speaker, pursues his life by design as an entrepreneur, servant leader and strategist. His mission in organizational leadership is wholly developing teams of champions dedicated to excellence in serving others. Jeff Reeder leads the Houston Network office in managing partner for Northwestern Mutual. The Texas Financial Group's territory includes southern half of the entire state of Texas. Now that's big, y'all. You know how big Texas is. What I wanted to really say about my friend was he wrote this book and it's very, very important because my friends, if you want to live your life differently, today is the day for you. He wrote a book called Do Life Differently and I can't wait for him to tell you about it. And Jeff... I welcome you to Annie's Pink Chair. I'm so excited to have you here. See, I told you, look at you. You look so professional and put together. And I normally have, like I said earlier, a little bit of like rock starish, crazy guests on. But today I have a businessman and I'm very proud to have you in our stage with us today talking to us. So welcome to the show, Jeff.
1: Annie, what an amazing privilege for me to get to spend some time with you and your amazing Crowd of people that are that are on with us, um, man. This is just a privilege and a blessing, and and I'm grateful to you for man taking a kind of a flyer on a uh, I guess a little bit of a straight laced business guy.
0: <laughs> I love it. Listen, if it wasn't for you, us people, people like me, I couldn't be doing what I'm doing. I look up to people like you to strategize and make my business successful as much as I can. And I'm always looking to go to the next level. And that's what I want to focus on today because I know there's people watching, there's people listening that are like stuck right now and they don't know how to go to the next level. Maybe they're stuck in finances. Maybe they're stuck relationally somewhere. Maybe they're just stuck thinking of an idea and they're afraid to pursue it. But you know what? We know that God gives us these ideas. So can you tell us a little bit about who you are? And by the way, we're kind of like sisters and brothers because you believe in the same kind of thing I do. You believe in God. And tell me about that. How did that start in your life?
1: Wow, I, I actually uh, became a believer in Christ at age 16 as a young man. Uh, grew up in a great home. Um, but interestingly, at a really young age, um i would say that not just becoming a believer but becoming desperately focused on um who God is and interconnecting myself with him in a way that i guess i guess to tie it to the book is different or not normal not common and many people would say weird honestly you know just kind of wow. like wow that because he's so desperate for his pursuit of the God.
0: That is incredible. I mean, you were 16 years old. Was there something that happened to you that made you feel like oh, I have to believe in something? Like
1: well, at 16 years was, old.
0: Yeah, well, 16 years at old at life is not perfect. You yeah, had a revival? Kind
1: of Where? Revival. And it was like this Baptist pastor, and he scared the uh, living daylights out of me. So I, I was- was convinced. it Billy Graham? <laughs> Yeah. No, it was like I it was Harold Smith. And he just, you know, he's like hellfire and brimstone. And I was like, Holy cow, no. if I don't do this, I'm going to die and I'll go to hell and it'll be bad, you know? And uh, so that was kind of the initial focus. But then over time, you know, I kind of moved toward a, a relationship uh, that became really important to me. And the more uh, the relationship became, uh, in depth in, in a daily relationship, the more real it became to me. And so, what was sort of, you know, that, you remember that definition of faith? I think it's in Hebrews 11 that says, faith is the evidence of things hoped for, you know, I, I.
0: Without seeing them. Right.
1: right. Yep. And you, and that's exactly what happens when you, when God says, you know, when, if you seek me with all your heart, you will find me. And, uh, and then that feels real. It's still in faith. It's still absolute faith, uh, but at the end of the day, there's, there's much more substance when we run after faith. I was recently speaking to my firm uh, at a conference and uh, it was such a great group of people. I love our, our team that's part of the Texas Financial Group. And I just said, when, 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 um, when the facts create fear, faith must become more real.
0: Come on. I love that.
1: We we just live in a world where the facts, as I see them, are fearful. I mean, it's my gosh. And so if we don't have our faith growing, then my goodness, we're going to live in a society that's becoming factually scarier and scarier. And and and, and, and you're absolutely
0: you're so right, because it's so funny that you say that this is so God, because just last night, believe this or not, I was, you know, how you scroll through videos and you're just like, I'm on Twitter. I was just, you know, checking out my, just answering some messages on my inbox. I went across this video where it was this ship, like this crazy looking ship. And this guy was following this car, filming it with his cell phone, obviously. And he was like, is this real or is this fake? And I didn't get the conclusion of the video, but let me tell you something, Jeff, it looked real and it, it It was huge. Like, it was massive. And I thought to myself, okay, if that is real, that looks pretty scary. But if if it is real, what's inside that ship? And what's it bringing us? And is it someone from another world? Now, that's a whole fear factor in itself. Because a lot of people are afraid. They think, you know, we've learned from Hollywood, aliens are bad. Aliens want to kill us. But that's not necessarily the truth. So facts without the right faith could actually change things, right? Yeah. If that ship's real. If it is not, it doesn't matter. The, the fact is, is that fear is real in a lot of us. Right. So what made you like I, this is an off the wall question. Maybe not because we're going into that direction. What made you get into uh, leadership and finances and teaching people how to ma- manage their money? I, I, tell us more about that.
1: Yeah, when I was about 22, I was graduating from college, and um, I, it was really interesting. I had some options that seemed to be better options to most people, um, better options than becoming a financial advisor at Northwestern Mutual. Um, I could have been a pharmaceutical guy, and they, they were going to give me a pretty big salary in a company. Oh,
0: a, like, wow.
1: All those <laughs> impressive things. But of course. When I, yeah, I'm in this process of talking to Northwestern Mutual and they showed me a fact finder and the fact finder or as we refer to it these days, a confidential personal questionnaire is where you sit down with an individual and you say, hey, what matters to you in your life? What do you care most about? Tell me about your kiddos. Tell me about where you are financially. Where do you want to be financially? How do you see your retirement? How do you see your kids getting educated? And I began to read that and and really think through the discernment of, wow, do I what I want to invest my life in? What if I could ask people important questions about themselves and then help them see a path toward what could be possible? And so, um, I mean, strangely, it didn't to, to almost anybody. It didn't seem like the right choice, but it's turned out to be just the greatest choice because I've sort of sought to be, you know, a, a servant leader, somebody that invests his life in other people doing better. And I just love that. It's like, the, it's like addicting in a good way to be addicted to helping other people do better and better.
0: Yeah. So would you say that maybe like there's this miniature, maybe it's huge now, life coach that was inside of you thinking, I want to help people grow. And if i can help people grow i can help them grow their dreams into reality and i yeah. can take that tiny egg that's inside of them or seed that i see and i can start watering and i can watch it and i can help it move in the right direction because we all know that if we're really good with the green thumb that, and if we are meant to do that things because we live in like a garden at destiny house things around us are healthy and they grow because we're giving that plant what it needs so what does that uh, look like with you? That, I mean, is that how it started? Like you, you went to college for what? What did you take in college?
1: Yeah, business for sure. Yeah. Okay. Business, so, finance.
0: And what made you, because I've met financial planners, but they've never had the fire you have. Like I'm like, they're uh-huh. usually, and I don't want to put anyone down that's a business financial consultant at all. Um, I was, they kind of scared me. I was like, I don't want, your life so no I'm next like and that's how I mean I'm not trying to brag about what I used to do but honestly I wanted excitement I wanted something that was quick fast let's go we all know that in the financial world that's not always good to invest in something that's quick fast I know we know what happened with crypto many times right sometimes it's up and sometimes it's down same with the stock market so uh what made you you said you got addicted to helping people how did that start happening that addiction
1: yeah it's really interesting um, I so I would dial the phone a lot people didn't want to meet with me uh, that's sort of the oh. life of a financial advisor in the early stages you know you, and you they sort of say I'm not interested and you say oh I'd be really surprised if you were interested you know it's just you you get, And they finally say, okay, fine. You can come by Tuesday at 10.30 a.m. You know, but you're gonna make it quick, right? You know, it's that, that kind of deal. And, uh, but then we'd sit down and I'd articulate my heart more than my head. And most people in the industry, financial services industry are really saying, well, we're really smart here. And because we're so highly intelligent, we're gonna asset allocate this and we're gonna portfolio rebalance. And it's going to be very, you know, and, and I'm saying to them, what I want to do is help you get to where you want to go and help you take what you're passionate about and and make it into something that's that's a powerful part of your life. And and so when you communicate with people in, the, you know, in the marketplace, heart to heart instead of head to head, it really matters. And I think of myself, Annie, a little bit like I am a sheep in wolves clothing. And I, oh. uh, I, I, you know, I can go to toe to toe with almost any wolf. I, they, I don't I'm not scared of wolves. I'm a sheep, but I'm not scared of wolves. And I like to intellectually or however that needs to be, you know, earn the respect of the wolf. And then at some point into our relationship, the guy's like, I think this dude may be a sheep, <laughs> you know, with most wolves don't respect many sheep. <laughs> so
0: that, yeah, that is I, good.
1: Earn the right to be heard kind
0: of thing. You know what? I, I see that you're also, because you've been a teacher. I was going to ask you about, it says that you are leading the evangelism strategy for a huge megachurch. We don't need to say the name, do we? Do you want to? Because well, you can if you want to. I mean, it, I don't want to. Snitch on anybody, or or make it sound like they're going to go after those people and talk to them. But (laughs) what brought that on? Like, because I can see your excitement and like this this fire inside of you to want to help people.
1: So Annie, crazy thing. Um, I so you know I was a salesman for for a number of years, and then I became a really young managing partner. And as a young managing partner, you're sort of training people how to do what needs to be done. And we try to be pretty revolutionary in that. And so a few years ago, my pastor who, again, our church is really large, uh, more than 80,000 members. And it's an amazing place. And the senior, senior pastor of that church called me on the phone and said, Hey Jeff, and we need to, I'm the first thing he said was, I want you to pray for the next 30 days. And in 30 days, I'm going to tell you what I think God's laid on my heart, but I need to know that you're hmm. really focused on, the Lord in the next 30 days. And I'm like, okay, pastor, this sounds kind of scary. So anyway, 30 days later, he says, we want you to lead evangelism. And I said, well, I don't think, I don't even know if I have the wow. gift of evangelism. I mean, I'm evangelical and I share that my faith and I do that, but I don't know if that's my number one gift. Well, anyway, long and the short of it is, what hit me was what I do vocationally, I can train people to do with their faith. And so it's this really, if I call it a cup of coffee, but it's really helping what's turned out to be a lot of people, you know, thousands of people, literally to, to say, hey, have a cup of coffee with somebody that God lays on your heart and and listen to them, listen to their life story, hear from their heart, and then share with them where, you know, what what God's done in your life, what your life experience has been with God. And it's been the the coolest thing uh to get to be in that role and 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 uh just watch extremely cool things happen so it's a it's a pretty fun thing
0: that is really cool cuz that is a great form of evangelism you know our name is not just our ministry name pink chair signifies it you know of course it's Annie's pink chair that's the show but our nonprofit pinkchair.org is basically A conversation a chair a change like I invite someone this is how it all started hey do you guys want to go have something to eat let's sit down and talk let's just sit down and talk and see what each other has in common like what's your what are you doing right now in your life like and do you want to be somewhere else like obviously when someone's being trafficked they want to be somewhere else they do not want to be in this bad situation so I became you know of course with my story the solution to their wanting to exit out. And so uh, what I see with you is I love that that pastor called you up and said, hey, you're the head of the event. I mean, what a great way. I mean, I I was at first thinking you're on this microphone, you know, in Africa somewhere and there's, you know, a million people in the audience and you're like, hi, my name's Jeff (laughs) Breeder. And I'm here to tell you about Jesus. (laughs) <laughs> but no, it's totally different. Like it's this where you get to sit down and have coffee. And that leads me into the question. Let's talk about your book. Do life differently. What does that mean? And why did you write that book?
1: Wow. Um, I tell you, this will sound crazy, Annie, but but I wrote the book. I, I, I felt like. I felt called to write the book after my father passed away. My father had a stroke and for nine days, he was in intensive care and I sat with oh. him every minute I could, which was roughly 20 hours a day. The only thing was, with, oh. with the hospital, I couldn't sleep. If you're sleeping, you can't be in intensive care. And so right. I tried really hard for 20 hours a day for nine days to, to, to be there for, with my dad for the rest of his life, which was nine days was the rest of his life. And it just turned into this time that was sort of like a revival for me. He was a great man. I, I held his hand a lot. I sang a lot. I read the Bible to him a lot. And uh, and I, I felt impressed. Now, I, By the way, interestingly, I felt impressed that I could do that, but then I didn't do that. It took me about five years to write the book, and I loved writing the book. Wasn't work. It was fun, but I'm a perfectionist. So it's kind of like every little word had to be fixed.
0: Oh, know? man. I understand that so much more than you understand. Okay. Yes. Go ahead. You're a perfectionist. <laughs> wink, wink. No so, one here is a perfectionist.
1: <laughs> yeah. And the, the title of the working title of the book when I wrote it was Lead Yourself. And I had this amazing uh, publisher, Hachette, that changed the title after they bought it after they bought the, the ability to do that and uh, and to do life differently. So I think a little bit of it as lead yourself, I'm truly really challenging people. So many people, if you look uh, cause you've already asked me about this, those fact finders, those confidential right. personal engineers. Well, I would do about 25 or 30 of those a month for a sustained period of years. And mm-hmm. what I learned in doing those is that most people are by default. Most people are where they are without a lot of intentionality. Uh, They might be, and and here's the thing, they might be really intentional about their golf handicap. I mean, really intentional. Uh, They might be really intentional about things that are cool and fun and avocational but not the most important things in their life. And they're not passionate, maybe potentially about the right things. And so it's just been this incredible journey of my life for, I'm I'm now approaching 40 years as a business leader. And which is crazy to me because it just seems like it's just flown by. I guess that makes me really old. But, But the reality is, it's been this seeking to understand people and help them think through What could be possible with some intentionality and and really this idea that you want you what you want, you can have. I know you feel like you can't. I know you feel like it's not reachable or doable, but if you'll just take a step in the direction of that, we can get you there. We really can
0: I love that. I I mean, I'm I'm yearning for that actually, like for others, but not just myself, but for others, because walking through someone that's been in so much pain, and I don't know if you can you give me an example. Do you sometimes get people that are walking through serious pain and they've basically got stuck in their life and they don't know yeah. what's going to happen next, Jeff? What do they do yeah. when they talk yeah. to you? When you sit down with them, do you have people cry on your shoulder sometimes?
1: Yeah. For sure. And you try to meet them where they are. And um, one of the acronyms or one of the words that you have in your H words, Annie, that I, by the way, I studied you. I'm so inspired by you. It's just unbelievable. You are the poster child for everything we're talking about. I know you feel like your heart resonates to that even now, because all of our hearts do, by the way more and more none of us feel like we arrive at extraordinary but that doesn't mean that we can't pursue extraordinary and when right. there's faith focus with god you know he defines extraordinary in a way that's truly <laughs> truly extraordinary and it is exceedingly abundantly beyond or above anything or everything we would ask or think and so uh but your word one of your h words is hope yes the My hope acronym, you ready? You're going to like this, is Helping Others Pursue Extraordinary. It's taking hope to people that often are in a hopeless place, either have been there for a long time or just in a little season of hopelessness. And it's really Helping Others Pursue Extraordinary is such a fun uh, adventure to do. And just getting them to visualize and realize that maybe it could be possible. So I'll take a step in the direction of it.
0: Yeah. Maybe it could be possible to actually heal or to be better or to invest my money and actually have a future for my generations that I'm leaving behind. Right. To to be purposeful with what they're going to do with their lives. Not just inherit this nest egg, but inherit a legacy. Right. I feel like I want to sign up for one of your classes. So when we get done with this conversation, I want to sit down with Jeff Reader and talk about my life and doing my life differently. So, you know, Jeff, you're, you're such an inspiration and I can hear it in your voice and your laughter that I know there's something behind that. There's some care and there's some heart passion for what you do. And I think what you said, what do you are, often heard saying when you're walking through your halls of your office. Come on, quote yourself. Let's do this. Come on. I want to hear it.
1: I want to hear it. it. Um, So here's what's funny is many people in our firm, our firm's a good size, 300-ish people. uh, A lot of people at the office can quote me, and a lot of times they do it almost better than me, but what I think what you're going for is see first to serve and love and care and matter and make a difference and be a catalyst in the life of another person and see if all those other things aren't added unto you. See if everything else doesn't just work out for you. Put them before you. They're first. God first. Others second. I'm third. And see if that model doesn't resonate and and bear out in your life.
0: No and it, it's so true and we live like that and and we're not talking about obviously you're not teaching boundaryless living like and I'm talking about boundaries that keep us safe but actually help us grow our boundaries outward where we become we infect others with our good with the goodness that we have that God put in, in, initially inside of us as we started becoming human right So is that what you're saying by seek helping others? because obviously when you help others God adds to your life. Like, you can't yeah. lose when you do that. Can you tell people that? We have about two minutes left. That's it. And I'm so sorry. I want them to know, first of all, how to get to that place. And second of all, where they can buy, find your book. And then what's the website we can go to to visit you?
1: So let's first start with this. Jesus was asked, what's most important? He said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. And then he said, and secondly, love your neighbor as yourself. And I think that's potentially a secret to going toward an extraordinary life. I think he, you know, he says, I came that you might have life and have it to the full or have abundantly. Mm. He said, I am the way, the truth and the life. And then his number one advice was love God and love your neighbor as yourself, you know? Mm. And so I think that's a, a big one. Um, you know, the book, y'all, oh, I, I, I love the book. And, and, and as you said earlier, Annie, if someone is stuck, it's a really good book. Uh, In fact, literally, one of the chapters in the book is kind of odd that you said that word because I'm not sure you knew it, but it's literally called "Stuck" is the chapter in the book, and it's just getting unstuck. I know. I think it's providential, so that's very cool. Wow! And so, and then um, I don't know. Jeff at Team Reader is our um, is our email address. I'd love to hear from people for sure. Uh, Such a blessing, and I love to have. I'm going to
0: email you. I'm going to email you Jeff, a team reader, but Hey, are you on social media right now too? Where are you on social yes. media?
1: I'm on Instagram and Facebook.
0: Okay. Well, I want people to know where they can reach you. How do they reach you on social media?
1: So I think it's just Jeff reader. R E E T E R okay. yeah. on, uh, on, on, Yeah.
0: Your name's unique enough, like if it was my name too, but if it were John Smith, I'd be like, look, Jeff, we can't find John Smith. (laughs) 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 Thank you so much. I'm just, I really want you to, uh, hopefully you can come in Vegas and be here in the studio. I would love for you to come and see our our property and what we're doing because we want to grow what we're doing, obviously. And I know that if I talk to you and I keep talking to you, I'm going to learn a lot from you. Jeff. So thank you so much for coming on Annie's Pink Chair. We're so blessed to have you. And may God just continue to bless you and just make your huge boundary bigger and bigger and bigger. And you go across the entire world. And then when we get to Mars, there too, in Jesus'
1: name. Annie's oh, so good. I'm so grateful. You are so inspiring. And just thank you for what you're doing. Your impact in our world is off the charts and so inspiring. God bless you. And you, you gotta speak too to move forward. Yeah.
0: Thank you, Jeff. God bless you. My friends, this is my book, Fallen Out of the Sex Industry and Into the Arms of the Savior. And this is the story of me being turned into a sex trafficking slave in Minneapolis, Hawaii, and Las Vegas, my final destination. This teaches you about trafficking and how it can happen in your own backyard. Think it can't happen to you? Think it can't happen to your girlfriend or your child, your granddaughter, your niece, even your nephew? It can, my friends. If you're interested in this, it's going to help you learn about this, but it's also going to give you a call to the charge. You can simply go to pinkchair.org, click on the book to purchase it. You can help us help others get out of trafficking. Thank you so much. My name is Annie Lobert, and I'm a champion survivor of trafficking to tell you that God can heal you from any hurt that's ever happened to you. If He can do it for me, He can do it for you, too.